It all started with a dream. This is so stupid! I've <laughs> been waiting my whole life for this. <laughs> I got some things to say. Dying, but uh. hey, we all are. <laughs> Good morning, Back Row Radio. I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. And you're streaming the Morning Side Hug, a Back Row Morning Show exclusively on BackRowRadio.com. On today's show, how Twitter saved us from Mr. No. Baby Mr. Peanut. <laughs> Mr. Baby, Mr. Peanut. Listen. (laughs) From Baby Mr. Peanut. And we dive into a deep topic. Six things to do when we feel overwhelmed. But first, it is February 19th and we got a holiday to celebrate. We do. It is National Tug of War Day. (laughs) If your only introduction to the game of Tug of War was at a summer camp or in elementary school, you are in desperate need to celebrate Tug of War Day. Tug of War has has grown ups from these days uh nope nope <laughs> tug of war has grown up from the days of our youth in addition to having its own holiday tug of war has national and international federations that sponsor worldwide tournaments and there are rules lots of them fortunately the international federations tug of war rules don't have to apply to you if you've decided to relive your youth and find a tug of war game nearby Tug of War is one of the simplest games to play. All you need is a long rope and anywhere from a few people to dozens of people. Heck, you can even play one-on-one Tug of War with a short rope and your dog. Just be prepared to lose. Dogs are naturals at this game. (laughs) To play Tug of War, place the rope in the middle of a field. Tie a cloth to the middle. Set up marker lines 10 and 20 feet from the center. Then split into two teams and try to pull the cloth on the rope. And the other team, by default, across your marker line. Simple enough. (laughs) It's great for building muscles and for fun. And be thankful that you don't play tug-of-war the way ancient Vikings did, where they tugged on animals' pelts stretching over a fire pit. The game's losers received a hot foot, or worse, (laughs) if they were unlucky. (laughs) So, I want to say, what was it? I think it was Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, gosh. Where they had that competition at the end. And I'm pretty sure Tug of War was one of them. And it was all the nerd group on one side and all the big jocks on the other. And in the middle was actually a deep mud pit. Mm-hmm. And they wound up pulling all the nerds into this mud pit. And they're all flailing around. That's the way to play Tug of War. That seems like that would be the funnest way. With a mud pit. Because <laughs> like they were like... Hovering on the edge, you yeah. know, that would be fun. Yeah. Well, because then something no is real for danger, real on the but, line. <laughs> right. No real danger, but you certainly don't want to get money. All right, everybody. It is Wednesday, Wednesday. And Mo and I are going to play a game Ooh. called, well, I don't know what it's called, but it's a lyrics quiz, everybody. Oh, gosh. Uh, We're going to be going through this, uh, it's a BuzzFeed quiz, but it's... Giving us two options of lyrics from a song. Both might sound correct. Oh, no. We're trying to guess which is the correct lyric. Okay. And some of them are very little. Little difference. So some might just be, is there an S on this word or Right, not? that's how they get right. you. So, here we go. In Mr. Rogers' theme song, when he comes in singing. 
Is he singing, it's a beautiful day in this neighborhood, or it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood? The neighborhood. Okay. We're, we're not going against each other. We're just going to guess in tandem. And I agree with you. That's what okay. I think. Because after last time we played and I got horribly embarrassed by losing, I want to take a break from competition. <laughs> uh, I've listened to my reaction to that last question that we played <laughs> multiple times. Like, wow, I'm a poor sport. Did you did you overthink it, Matt? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It feels like it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. So here's the thing. Because he's inclusive. And he's singing to all the children, and he wants for them to also feel the same way, that it's a beautiful day in their neighborhood as well. So he wouldn't just say, in this neighborhood, just in my but, neighborhood, But the show's called day. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, and it's focused on one neighborhood. I thought you said you were going to be in tandem with I me. I know, Why but now, you I, now you're right making now? me think. <laughs> so now I'm thinking it's the opposite. All right, I guess we are going to go. I'm going to say this neighborhood. All right. Ready? Yep. This neighborhood. What? Wow. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It's the, the <laughs> neighborhood. Beautiful day for a neighbor. All right. Uh, in the sound of music, oh. what are the correct lyrics to my favorite things? Is it brown paper packages tied up with string or strings? What's the next line? These are, these are a few of my favorite things. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Brown gosh. paper packages tied up with string or strings. See, but here's the thing. They say string, but they could just drop that S when they're singing. <laughs> I think it's string. And they're probably going off of the lyrics, what was written. <sighs> I'd say string. I don't like this game. <laughs> I'm going with string. String, one string. Dang it. Seriously? We were both wrong. They dropped the S. (laughs) Or did they? You're going to look it up and you're going to hear it and you're like, nope, they said strings. Wow. All right, Billy Joel, Piano Man. Son, can you play me a memory or son, can you play me a melody? Oh, I always thought it was melody. Melody? Okay, I don't remember this song. But I want you to know that as soon as you said Piano Man, I immediately went to Rocket Man in my head. So, (laughs) Piano Man! Oh, wait, that's not it. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. All right, so Melody is what you say? That's what I always thought. We're going to go with you. Memory. Memory? Play me a memory. Wow. (laughs) But that doesn't make any sense. You can play a melody. (laughs) It's, well, I guess, but no, you can't play a memory. A, yes, I guess can. if it's a it's video about, memory. No, it's about. What? It's about your memories being tied to songs from the past. Play me a memory, as in play a song that will. <laughs> At least that's what I'm assuming. It makes sense. Again, I don't really know the song. Uh, all right, I know this one. What are the right lyrics to Phil Collins' In the Air Tonight? I can feel it coming in the air tonight. Hold on. Or I can feel it coming in the air tonight. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. You're right. It's oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting for this moment for all my life. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, seal, kiss from a rose. 
Baby, I compare you to a kiss from a rose on the grave or a kiss from the rose on the gray. I hear gray. But I don't know if it makes sense. It's grave. Grave? Yeah. Okay, I'm, we'll give you a chance. It's gray. What? <laughs> I don't All know right, what it so means. All right, so explain that one to I don't me. Know. <laughs> they're putting links. Okay, so they, I mean they're they're standing by it because they're putting the links to the videos. Ooh. <laughs> Got all, right. all these songs stuck in my head now. Okay. Baby. Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, okay. okay. Put a gun against his head, pulled the trigger, now he's dead. Put a gun against his head, pulled my trigger, oh, now he's dead. Oh, jeez. <laughs> the trigger? I'm going to say the. I feel like it's my. Okay. It's, I'm saying the. We'll go against each other like usual. <laughs> it's my. Pulled my trigger. Okay. All right. Mo. Mo. Friends theme song. Oh, gosh. Okay. Gotta get this one right. Na, 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 na. <laughs> I'll be there for you when the rain starts to pour. Or fall. Or fall. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I have been dealing with this <laughs> for almost 20 years. I don't know. Hold on. What's the next line? I'll be there for you. When, when the rain, rain starts, starts to... I'll be there for you. Like I've like been there, there before. before. Okay, so I'm going to say poor. Okay. I think it's poor too. It's poor. Okay. Good job. <laughs> Just because it made sense, I rhyming got, wise. I could have got all the others wrong, but if I had gotten that one wrong, I would have felt really, really bad. But I'm so glad to know that finally this answer I've been struggling with for 20 years has been confirmed. My day's been made. We, can, we can be done now. <laughs> all right. Hey, Jude. Hey, from the Beatles. Jude. This is one of those very small ones. Is it don't carry the world upon your shoulders or shoulder? <laughs> I don't know. Shoulder. On your shoulder. But you have two shoulders. I feel like, I feel like shoulder. I feel like a shoulder. I don't remember an S there. And I used to listen to the Beatles. Oh, I love constantly. the Beatles. <sighs> hey. Jude. I found what? out that my husband does not like the Beatles. I found that out on our Alaskan cruise when there was a Beatles, like a Beatles cover band. They looked like the Beatles and everything, and they did like a whole, like, whole set, an hour and a half set of all the Beatles songs. And I'm like super fangirling it out, loving every second, and my husband is falling asleep next to me during the oh. whole thing. Well, at least he went with you. Yeah, he went. <laughs> he could have just said, no, nah, I don't want to do that. Let's go do karaoke in the... Learning new stuff about him every day. Starlight Lounge. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm saying... What's wrong with him? That's what right? I'm, saying. Yeah. I'm saying shoulder. Shoulder. That's what I'm saying, too. All right. Correct. Shoulder. All right. Last one. No, two more. There's two more. Sorry. Next one. The Fred Astaire song, Let's Call the Whole Thing Off. Let's call the whole thing off. 
Is it you say tomato, I say tomato? Or is it you like tomato, I like tomato? Well, but then he says you say potato, I say potato. Does he? Tomato. Tomato. <laughs> I think it's say. Oh, but I don't know. See, I feel like they're, I feel like. Just the way this whole quiz is gone, I know. it's got to be like, right? I know. I'm remembering say, but I well, feel like but and here's the thing: like I can, I would have obviously. I initially thought say, yeah. But as I'm thinking about it, like does make sense. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> <laughs> listen. I already won the game because. Because you the got friends the friends theme song. Right. So sure. I'm going to, I'm actually going to go against what I originally thought and say like. Okay. We'll both do that. We'll both say like. We are correct. You like Boom. tomato. Okay. So this last one I know because I found this out uh, separately a couple weeks ago. So this is just for you. The song by Queen, We Are the Champions. What lyric is the very last lyric of the song? Is it we are the champions or is it of the world? Oh, I think that it's just we are the champions and everybody adds of the world. You're right. It's just we are the champions. That's yeah. how it ends. We are the champions and then the song fades out. Mm-hmm. But it still feels like the natural reaction yeah. to the ad of the world at yeah. the end, but it's not there. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Boom. Apparently, James Corden, Julia Roberts, George Clooney, and Gwen Stefani all got that wrong. Really? (laughs) Boom. I am smarter than Gwen. All right. That was fun. Enjoyed that. A lot I didn't know. That was fun. Uh, There's a couple songs we skipped, but let's see. There's one. I still, I don't understand what Seal was trying to say. What is a kiss from a rose on the gray? Ooh. What's the gray? I don't know. Besides a weird movie. Um, listen, we're going to need to do a version of that, but with rap lyrics. Oh, gosh. I don't know. I don't want to have any rap lyrics ever say. Oh, man. It would be so fun. That's probably the hardest thing about this radio station when I'm curating music. Yeah. Like, from mainstream rappers... You know, I know I probably don't have anything to worry about cuss word wise. Yeah. But every now and then we'll have some independent rapper who, you know, says they're a Christian artist, but also, and I'm not saying they right. aren't, but sure. they also throw out some cuss words in their yeah. song. I mean, John Rubin did that on his last album. It's artistic freedom. And so, like, have to listen really closely or try to find the lyrics online and read through them. Uh, it's it's frightening don't want to be the one who accidentally lets the F word slip onto your Christian radio station. Is this what I'm saying? Can't I do. Mo's <laughs> <laughs> ready for that pressure. <laughs> All right, coming up next, we could have been hit with a deluge of baby Mr. Peanut memes, so what saved us? We'll be back at the top of the hour with more of the Morning Side Hug right here on Back Row Radio. Back to the morning side hug, back row morning show here on backrowradio.com. It's the top of the second hour, and we like to do that fun thing that we always do. Five random facts. Five random facts. Five 
Spirit Impact. Oh, goodness gracious. Doing yoga just once or twice a week can boost brain performance according to a new study. Oh, so I've added DDP yoga to my routine, my health routine. What the crap is DDP? DDP is a wrestler, Diamond oh. Dallas Page from okay. the WCW era. But he started, uh, it was originally called YRG, which was stood for Yoga for Regular Guys, which okay. was a, a yoga, low-impact yoga thing that anybody could do. But he then this thing called Yoga for Dudes came out, which was total garbage. And people started confusing the terms. And so he decided to rebrand it, and he named it DDP Yoga after himself. Uh, and what it is, is it's, it's dynamic resistance yoga. And so it's where you basically turn on all your muscles and everything. Like you, like you know, I don't know how to even explain it. It's when, like if I'm doing this with my arm, I pretend like a fire hydrant is shooting out of my arm. And so all my fingers are locked. You know, they don't, the hand doesn't move. All your muscles are locked. You're tight. That kind of thing. This is you know fun what I'm to watch. Yeah, it's difficult. I'm trying to show at the same time. But you, it's basically you're mimicking weights. You're okay. Mimicking like you have weights. So you're okay. moving with this kind of engaging every single muscle in every arm and your legs locked in, all this kind of stuff. And so it raises your heart rate really fast. But at the same time, it's very low impact because you're just doing yoga stuff, mm-hmm. yoga positions and things. Uh, but yeah, it's it's difficult. But I'm hoping to see those <laughs> brain performance boosts <laughs> soon. That would be nice for all of us. <sighs> it makes you sore, like thank you very much. It makes you sore, <laughs> like <laughs> like doing like lifting weights does. But yeah, like, I was super well because sore. you're engaging those muscles. Yeah. yeah, which I have not done in so long. My kid took my yoga mat to school for the first half of the year for his nap mat, <gasps> so I had an excuse for six months, five months to not exercise. <laughs> That's fair. And now they don't do naps in the second half of the year, so it's back in my house and taunting me. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Shakespeare and Pocahontas were alive at the same time. Interesting. Cats are likely to see humans just as bigger, hairless, clumsy cats, according to experts. Unlike dogs, they treat us pretty much the same way they treat their felines. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing because if someone turned on our show... While I was talking about yoga, and then I finish, and you say, mm-hmm, Shakespeare and Pocahontas were alive at the same time. <laughs> You're like, what is going on? <laughs> Did she just have a mini-stroke live on air? <laughs> no, Matt, it's like the conversation between the two girls the other night that you were talking about. Yeah, they I, don't think, thinking, I don't think I said it on, on No, you didn't. Show. You didn't. We were... It was a church gathering or whatever, and, and we were having dinner, and then we were going to be playing games. And I was sitting with my son, my little son, while my wife got him some food. And somehow, during that time, our table became the kids' table. And so it was just me sitting there with, like, eight kids. And my niece and her friend are talking, and they're having this conversation back and forth. And I'm listening to it, like, half listening, but... What they're talking about, what they're saying to each other, doesn't seem to be a conversation. Like, my niece would say something to her friend, and then her friend would say something back that had absolutely nothing to do with what my niece said. But they would be back and forth as if this was a conversation. I'm like, do they hear each other talk? They were playing a game, Matt. What is it? 
And so I, that's what I said. I thought I was having a mini stroke right there at the table. Something's wrong with my brain. <laughs> I am not processing things correctly right now. <laughs> uh, all right. Two more random facts. That's what okay. we're doing in case you did just tune this, in. That's right. Random facts with Mo. <laughs> Although Matt seems to be taking over a lot of I'm my time. So, you know. In New York, a bagel that's toasted, buttered, or comes with cream cheese is taxable. Otherwise, it's tax exempt. I gotta remember that for when I go to New York. Exactly. I'll toast my own bagel, thank you. Right. I'm not gonna pay your seven cents. Listen, at the end of the day, <laughs> go by the bagel shop, get like a. I was gonna say a dozen, but that's a lot of bagels. Those ain't donuts, Mo. <laughs> right. Get a couple bagels, and then the next morning, you and Deidre already have your breakfast, and it was tax exempt. <laughs> Oh, sorry, that's still <laughs> One more, me. that's still you. Technically yeah. speaking, <laughs> you're never really touching anything because atoms repel each other. Ugh. When you sit down in a chair, you're actually hovering above it by an unfathomably small distance. Mm-hmm. No. Why did you have to put that one in the facts? This has ruined my life. <laughs> I know. I don't like things like this. I don't. I am touching my phone currently. I can feel it with my fingers. I am touching it. My butt has made an indent on the chair that I am sitting in. It is touching it. I got up out of my child's bed last night and he went, whoa, mom, that's a big indent there. I was touching it. Okay. Uh, You're hovering everywhere you go. You're like a ghost. Just hover. <laughs> all right, so we all saw it leading up to the Super Bowl. The weird commercials about Mr. Peanut dying. Hit Twitter really big, rip Mr. Peanut. All these other companies sending little condolence tweets, rip Mr. Peanut. And we all knew it was leading up to something. But when I did you see the commercial thing that they aired? Okay. Not the one at the Super Bowl, the one leading up to it. No. The one where Mr. Peanut dies. Nope. Heroically. No. It was weird. Okay. They set up in the situation where Mr. Peanut and two actual people are hanging on the side of a cliff, hanging on a branch or whatever, and there's too much weight and the branch is going to break. And so Mr. Peanut sacrifices himself and falls to his death, his peanutty death. We all know he's a cartoon character, Right. Right. And okay. so this seemed in incredibly poor taste for people who actually die, which is all humans. Okay. Made worse by the fact that just a few days later, we had the Kobe Bryant incident. Okay. And so now you're thinking, okay, are we going to really push still a fictional mascot death in the light of what is really headline news for all of the nation and made a lot of people very sad, especially given that his daughter was also in it. Mm-hmm. So should we take a step back and not do this? This happened in the WWE. They did a whole storyline where Vince McMahon was supposed to have died. His limo exploded. And that was his way for him to write himself off of television as a character. Then the Crispin Wall incident happened where he killed his family. It was an awful, terrible thing. And so they abandoned it. Vince McMahon came back. They had this whole thing where they had to address the whole situation. They made the right call. Guess what planters did? 
I have no idea. Not the right call. They kept going with this thing mm-hmm. in light of this stretch. Okay, so Super Bowl. You saw the commercial? I sort of saw the commercial. You half saw the commercial? Where... I wasn't watching, and then all of a sudden, I heard like outrage among all the amongst all the people in my house. Like, what? No, no, really, really. And so I look up towards the end of the commercial, and I was like, "I'm so confused, but okay." So, so that's the commercial. If you didn't see the commercial, essentially, they're at the funeral for Mr. Peanut, and then like a little plant starts to sprout out from the grave, and poof. Baby Mr. Peanut shows up and says, just kidding, and they walk off with Baby Mr. Peanut, okay? Here's what you weren't shown. You weren't shown that this was an actual attempt to take over Twitter with memes. Baby Yoda has come out recently and been a big, giant hit, especially with memes. A lot of memes with Baby Yoda. Too many. It's overly memed. Minions came before that. Cute little baby looking things. things. Also way overly memed. They were attempting to make the next one. And we have proof. It was found out by Twitter that people, quote unquote, created uh, accounts with the names. Let's see. They have them here. With the names Baby Nut LOL. Baby Nut Memes and Baby Nut Baby before the commercial ever aired or anyone would have known what the ending of this thing was. In fact, these accounts were registered before the Rip Mr. Peanut hashtag even started. They were going to try and capitalize on this. Like happens on Twitter. Anytime there's a big character, a lot of these accounts show up. Because they're like, all right, you come here. We're going to have all these funny Baby Yoda memes or whatever. They were trying to manufacture that as if it were a fan-made thing. So they set up their own accounts and apparently hired people to make memes with Baby Nut in an attempt for basically free advertising from that point forward. And so we were in for baby nut memes galore. Baby Mr. Peanut everywhere. Because <laughs> the hope would be that it would catch on, just like Baby Yoda. They'd start it out, they'd make their own memes, and then people would take their little meme templates and make their own memes or whatever. But that hasn't happened. We haven't really seen any baby nut memes anywhere. And that's because Twitter caught them and deleted their accounts. Wow. (laughs) The whole thing, the whole death angle was uh, just a pitch perfect screw up. It was really awful, especially given what had happened in the days prior, the few days prior. Um, They said that they had an interview with a rep from from an ad agency that was that came up with the idea to, to kill Mr. Peanut. Revealed that he was inspired by the strong online emotional reactions that people had with the death of Tony Stark at the end of Avengers Endgame. Which becomes even more ridiculous when you remember that Robert Downey Jr. actually used to be the voice of Mr. Peanut in the commercials. <laughs> hmm. 
They incorrectly assumed that we would all just be as broken up by the untimely demise of the anthropomorphic anthropomorphic peanut mascot, uh, who is always either going or to going to or coming from the opera. Uh, but they had the the ad campaign of the fictional death that was based on the fictional. It was, I mean, they did cool it off with the Kobe Bryant thing. They cooled it off. They didn't keep harping on the thing leading up to the Super Bowl after Kobe Bryant's death. But they didn't end it, obviously, because mm-hmm. they still aired it. They had time to come up with something else to air during that spot mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl. They didn't. So, yeah. That's 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 what happened. That's the So story. here's the thing. I think that they made two big decisions that killed them okay. right away. Okay. There is no greater group of people than those of fans of Star Wars. Mm. That is like the largest group of people there is. You know what I mean? You go in a group of people and you're like, you like Star Wars? Even if you don't love Star Wars. Like, I am not a super fan of Star Wars. But I like Star Wars. Sure. And enough to where Baby Yoda is like, we all love Baby Yoda. Of course. Okay. Even if you don't like Star Wars, you probably like Baby Yoda. That's the thing. Okay. (laughs) You feel some amount of, like, guardianship over Baby Yoda. (laughs) This is protected. You know? Gotcha. So... Mistake number one. They tried to rip off Baby Yoda. Ain't nobody care about Mr. Peanut like they care about Yoda. Exactly. And that was the overwhelming, like, we didn't even, the group of people that were at my house, we didn't even get that upset over the halftime show, okay? (laughs) As what everybody was upset, what? They can't be doing this right now. No. 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 There's no way. Baby Yoda, baby peanut, mm-mm. No, it's not happening, okay? That was mistake number one. They didn't realize how big of a population Star Wars fan base really is. Number two was when the little plant came up from the grave, they missed... A brilliant opportunity to reach another very large fan base. And they didn't. Hmm. Which is their Christian viewers. Had they then played Up From the Grave He <laughs> No, see, that would have ruined it. <laughs> then they would have made baby mean, baby, uh, baby nut Jesus memes. And that wouldn't have been great. That would not have been great. That's all that I could think. Put That's... a star up in the sky. <laughs> oh, Mighty triumph over his foes. You're the worst. You're the worst person. Oh, I man. think it would have been hilarious. I really do. A bit. I don't want to see one baby nut Jesus meme in Backdoor Baptist Church, everybody. Do Keep it. those off. Do it. Oh, coming up next, what do you do when you feel overwhelmed? We'll be back at the top of the hour with more of the Morning Side Hug right here on Back Row Radio.
Welcome back to the Morning Side Hug, a Back Row Morning Show here on Back Row Radio. It's our third hour. We uh, like to hit a hit a hit a heavier topic typically in our third hour, and uh, <laughs> today. Sorry, we're having some problems in the studio. Uh, today, <laughs> we have a, an article from Relevant Magazine. It's called Six Things to Do When You Feel Overwhelmed by Frank Powell. So we're going to go through this see what we think of them. Uh, we'll skip this intro part and we'll just dive in. All right, so six things to do when you feel overwhelmed. Thing number one, spend time in prayer and reflection. He says, I love the words of Paul in Philippi- uh, Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. He says, did you catch that? The peace of God is a byproduct of prayer. So let that truth sink in. While many search for peace and others try to manufacture it, the Bible says peace is ours if we simply spend time in prayer. So this is where we start in our quest to restore our lives, because this is the most important. In a world of constant connection, we must disconnect to restore the most important connection, our relationship with God. I mean, I don't think either of us are going to argue about that. Not even a little. <laughs> um, yeah, and you know, what's stupid about this is how easily we forget that. Oh, Yeah. Why Why isn't that always our first reaction when we're stressed out and overwhelmed to pray? I don't understand. So I had a, like, realization last night that my first reaction is I understand the power. The power. The, the, power. the power of prayer. And so I immediately... You know, all my close friends who I know are going to pray and they're going to pray fervently for whatever situation it is, I immediately reach out to them. Yeah. But then I'm done. Then you don't I don't don't pray pray. for it. (laughs) Can y'all pray for me? Thanks. Yeah. (laughs) So as I was trying to fall asleep last night and I'm just going through that check mark list of things that everybody just prays for as they're going to bed, it hit me like a ton of bricks. You idiot, why aren't you praying for the one thing that is weighing so heavily on you right now? And I think it comes to a point where we feel almost selfish praying for ourselves. Yeah. Even though we're, we're supposed to. God says many times, you know, to, it even says it in that verse, tell God what you need mm-hmm. and thank him for all he's done. Uh, you know, just because we pray for something doesn't mean God's going to say yes. Right. Uh, we've added recently added a new song by David Dunn called Yes and No. Which is all about that. It's a, you say yes, you say no, uh, you know better than me, essentially, mm-hmm. are the lyrics. Uh, and it's about why do I always forget that. But I think sometimes either we haven't gotten what we've prayed for, and so we start to, in the back of our minds, on uh, like subconsciously think that it doesn't work when I pray for it, or we feel guilty for praying for ourselves, like it's some selfish thing. And so we'll pray for other people mm-hmm. easily, quickly, right then and there when we're asked even. But to pray for ourselves, it's a fight. Mm-hmm. It's like a mental fight, some mental block. Yeah. It's weird. So I guess, I mean, if that is the reason, like if it's because you feel selfish, 
I mean, at least it kind of comes from a good place in your heart. Sure. <laughs> you don't want to be selfish, but it's a misguided place. <laughs> but you're wrong. <laughs> All right, number two, second thing on this list of six things to do when you feel overwhelmed, get organized. You won't find a productive person who doesn't maintain a schedule or system of, uh, to track tasks. The problem with schedules is they often shackle us instead of release us. So start with this. Throw out every idea you have about schedules and to-do lists. Claire Diaz-Ortiz introduces a scheduling technique called scan to plan. Uh, It says, it goes like this. Start by writing down the thoughts and tasks that pop into your head throughout the day. Big, small, insignificant, very important. No matter the task or thought, write it down. Get everything out of your head. After you write everything down, find those tasks you need to complete today and make a to-do list with them. Then find the most important tasks, three at the most, and complete them first. Make a separate list for weekly items and monthly items. Schedules are about vision, and vision is from God. Jesus was intentional. He had a purpose. You do, too. Stepping into your purpose starts with taking control of your day. So get rid of unnecessary distractions and do your best to complete a few important tasks every day. Celebrate your successes, but stay flexible. Never allow a schedule to enslave you. I like this a lot. Mm-hmm. Last, I think it was this last Wednesday, for some reason... I, I was the busiest I'd ever been. Someone's talking outside of a studio. I was looking out the window. Uh, somebody was... Uh, oh, I was saying that sentence again. Uh, for some reason, it was the busiest day of the entire week. But I didn't have anything really planned to do that day. Beyond my normal, like, little bit of radio work and social media stuff. Mm-hmm. But I was so busy because I kept thinking of other things I needed to do. And then I'd forget about some of them. And then I'd remember them later in the day. Or I'd remember things that I thought about needing to do Monday and Tuesday and forgotten about. Because I, <laughs> I'm i having a very hard time accepting the fact that I forget things all the time. <laughs> it's, only no. been, it's only been a recent trend that if I need to go to the store and pick up three things, I have to write it down. Yeah. Because I will come out with two things. Yeah. And it's happened every single time. Mm -hmm. Every single time. If I don't write it down, I forget one of the things. Two is my limit. Because I can remember, I know I need to be walking out with more than one thing. What was that second thing? And that will get me there. But if I have two things, and I was supposed to get three, I'll forget that third one. I'm like, no, I got things. I have multiple things. I must be done. And I walk out. And then I have to go back to the store later. I've been to the store a hundred times in the last two months. Just so many times. I'm forgetting. So when it comes to like stuff I need to do throughout the day, I think about that stuff all the time. Pops up into my head all the time. Happens here on Saturdays when I'm at the church and I got a bunch of things to do for the church leading up to Sunday. And so Sunday morning I freak out thinking, oh, I was supposed to do this. I was supposed to do that. And so the idea of like just having a pad of paper to write down when those thoughts come and then organize those later, that's brilliant to me. Okay. Why don't I do it? That's the thing. Like, Chris and I had this conversation probably around October, November, where he was stressing out. Like, more than I've ever seen him stress out before, ever. Yeah. In our entire marriage. 
And I asked him, what is the deal? And he's like, I just feel like I have so many things that I have to get done. But I try to do one thing and then I think of 10 other things that I need to do. Mm -hmm. And so I can't complete that one task. And I'm, I just kind of looked at him and I was like, well, make a list. And he just looks at me as if it was... I gave him this amazing idea <laughs> that, like, he had never, ever, ever considered. Grail. Yeah. <laughs> and I have been doing this since I was probably, oh, since I was probably eight or nine. Yeah. I would make a list, a list of maker. things. Yes. Things that I needed to do, things that I needed to get done. And then I check them off. I actually physically check them off or scratch them out. And then if I get to the point where I'm like, okay, I don't have enough time in this day to finish all these things, then I will write a number beside the, like, okay, this is most important, number one. This is second, mm. number two, number three. So you vouch for the system is what you're saying. Yes. Right. And I'm surprised that, like, it's not a every, like, everybody doesn't do this. <laughs> I, I, Chris was completely shocked that, this list was something that he had not been using, and I was completely shocked that this list was something he had not been using. Like, <laughs> I just don't understand. Well, at least he didn't just say, well, now you're just giving me another thing I have to do. Make a list. <laughs> Forget it. Forget all of it. Uh, all right. Number three uh, in the list of six things to do when you feel overwhelmed, invest in yourself. If you want to pour into other people and be the best spouse, parent, and coworker you can be, invest in your, investing in yourself is a must. Even Jesus spent time away from people and teaching. Most of Jesus' retreating involved prayer, but I'm sure Jesus took time to just sit and rest as well. He was human on earth. You must find some activities that nourish you. It could be anything, painting, reading, spending time with family, uh, the author says, for me, golf, working in the yard, or playing organized sports and running are nourishing activities. Don't feel guilty about nourishing yourself. Most of your life uh, should focus on the needs of others, but don't neglect yourself in the process. I like that. I don't like the word nourish. I also don't feel like I pronounce it correctly. Nourish? nourish. Nourishing. Nourish. Nourish yourself. I don't know. Anyway. I don't pick out the way that people say things. So, <laughs> I know. do. Yeah, no, you do. Time. But I do it to myself too, so it's okay. So it balances <laughs> out. So I do like this idea, and I do know that it works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it is so difficult in that moment to be like, you know what? I just need to go get a pedicure. <laughs> <laughs> because then your brain guilts you into thinking, and I don't even know if it's your brain, but whatever. You begin to feel guilty for, like, oh, I'm sitting here and I'm just doing nothing when I have all these other things that I need to be doing. I could be spending my time doing this, this, and this. And here I am just taking time for myself. <laughs> but it is important. And of course it's your brain. That's the only place you can think from. Shut up, Matt. <laughs> you just reminded me. Do you remember that uh, we're recording church announcements? Uh where we went off talking about straws in the ocean. And, and you said, a turtle will suck it up in his nose and poke its brain. And you're like, do turtles have brains? <laughs> and Megan's like, of course turtles have brains. If you're alive, you have a brain. <laughs> That's how you think to do things. Shut just up. Me of that. that was so funny. I still um, stand by what I said. <laughs> they don't have brains. I don't think everything has a brain. <laughs> I really don't. 
Oh, gosh. Sorry. Good times. I miss those recording days. All right. <laughs> but no, I mean, you're absolutely right. Uh, Everything doesn't have a brain? No. Okay. You might not. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> But no, you're right. It is difficult to get that time to, 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 okay. So here's what happens with me. My thing is driving. And for many years that worked great because we either lived in Portales and I worked here or I lived here in Clovis and I went to college in Portales. So most days I would have a nice like two 20 minute drives. Right. It was great. And that was enough to recharge me. But then that stopped. So here at the church, every three months or so, I get to, to drive to Lubbock to go to Sam's Club to buy supplies for the church and for CR and all that. Okay. And that's, you know, it's a roughly hour and 45 minute drive both ways, driving in the city a little bit. And often Deidre wants to make that like a family day. And I mean, I know it's, I'm supposed to be working. And, and some days I do have to give in because I feel awful, but I've, I've explained to her, look, I need this drive. I need to just be able to drive without kids yelling behind me, just play my music, not the kids music and, and just zone out on the road for a bit. This is my recharge from the stay at home dad situation you're so selfish so she gets it but i mean it's <laughs> it's it, it hurts it does make me feel selfish to ask for you know yeah because again a fun day in lubbock would be great with the kids right and so like i said every now and then i give in with that but most of the time i just I'm, like, I'm sorry i just have to be able to drive I'm not making anything i'm not going over there to have fun we're just gonna i'm just gonna drive eat some chick-fil-a get all the sam's club stuff and come home but yeah, it's just, that's what you got to do. And it works when I get to do that. Yeah. I come home great. I'm great yeah. for weeks after that mm -hmm. because I got that me time. I got that time. I get to like have some real long form prayers that aren't interrupted by things. Yep. All that kind of stuff that I don't really You get to process get. all of your thoughts. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. Without being distracted. It's fantastic. Yes. It's especially the distracting thing. Driving to Lubbock, there's nothing to be distracted by. <laughs> It's just a blank road. True story. All the way there. Which is why the hour and 30, hour 45 minute drive seems like seven. <laughs> All right. Number four on this list of six things to do when you feel overwhelmed. Throw out insignificant activities. One reason we are overwhelmed is that we're doing too much. Maybe you feel the pressure of culture telling you to get involved in everything and say yes to everyone, but this isn't God's plan. Jesus didn't say yes to everyone. He didn't cave into the pressure of healing or disciplining or discipling the entire world. Uh, but here's the catch. Jesus knew his purpose. And until you have some sort of vision for your life, anything goes. Every task and request seems important. However, once you take a step back and look at the big picture, with God as your tour guide, you can filter out tasks that may not be bad in and of themselves, but are ultimately insignificant to the areas that you feel called to. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> I feel like we do this in churches so often. All the time. we feel that pressure. Well, nobody else is going to volunteer to do this, so... Well, and not only Add that, my thing. 
but here's the thing. There's a group of people who make you feel guilty. Mm-hmm. Well, no one else is going to do it. Well, then I guess no one's going to do it, Susan, okay? Because <laughs> I'm not the person. Uh, but then you can't be that person. Right. And the smaller a church, the worse it is. The worse that is. Absolutely. You know? But, yeah. Yeah, I it's... Hmm. it's uh... I want for you to copy and paste that whole... Jesus didn't disciple everyone, but here's the catch. He knew his purpose. I want you to copy and paste that to me in a message right now, please, because I need to remember that. All right. I love that. He knew his purpose. Mind-blowing. What is your purpose? (laughs) Yeah. I find because I work here, you know, like because I'm on the payroll, even if it's not a part of my job, I often feel like I can't say no when I get a request. Even if it's nobody else, someone who doesn't work here, just any random person from the church asking me to do something, I feel like I have to say yes. And that's just ingrained in my brain. And so it's only been recently that I feel like I've been able to say, I'm not going to be able to do that. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Don't have time. Uh, yeah, the, uh, it was, in fact, I had to do that the other day. The other day, uh, uh, one of the ladies from our church needed to come up. I was here. I was the only one here. She saw that I was here. Uh, she needed to use the fax machine ver- por- portion of our, uh, copier. I'm here in the trenches getting ready for CR way behind. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to use the fax machine portion of our copier. Yeah. And she knows less than me. And I just basically had to flat out tell her, look, I, I don't know how to use it and I don't have time to learn yeah. to get this done for you. I'm so sorry. You're, you're going to have to come back tomorrow morning and let Megan do it for you because I just can't. Because I'm not doing it. And it that. hurt. It felt bad. And I could tell that she was kind of offended that I said, no, I can't help you. <laughs> but I had to do it. See, and I always feel like when everybody else says no, they sound so much nicer than when I say no. <laughs> When I say no, I know that I come across as, nope. Get lost. Sorry for you. Should have thought about this sooner. Your lack of planning and urgency is not my problem. (laughs) Peace out. You know, but you're like, I'm sorry. I don't have time. I can't figure it out right now. Just come back tomorrow and Megan will help you. Nope. I would have been like, deuces, homie. You don't know how to use this. I don't know how to use they this. See your way out. office hours on the door. <laughs> you are not within them. And that's like, truly, <laughs> truly. I probably would have said something a little more polite. Like, you know, the office is open from this time to this time. You're you welcome to come back then. You cannot roll up to then. Dairy Queen at 2 a.m. and say, hey, make me a blizzard. For okay? real. So you For come real. back when we open. I don't. I don't know what that says about me. I think that it's because for so much of my life, people just assume that because I am barely 5'3", and for much of my life, I was barely 120 pounds, that they could just push me over and do whatever they wanted and walk all over <laughs> Megan. No big deal. She'll do what she what you want. No, I won't. Doormat Megan. Nope. Mm-mm. <laughs> and just saying no sometimes still wasn't enough. Yeah. You know, being polite and saying, I don't have time for that still wasn't enough. So I just Not got Not only mean. am I saying no, I'm saying I don't care about you or your problems. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> That's what you feel like? Is that wrong? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, let's get to this list. Uh, number five. So it's not your fault. <laughs> Six things to do when you feel overwhelmed. Find space to unplug. Uh, it's interesting to consider God taking a Sabbath. I mean, what's he resting for? He's God. Uh, but in the book 24-6, Matthew Sleeth says, On the seventh day, God makes nothing out of something instead of something out of nothing on the rest of the days. Rest is brought into being. God creates from nothing for six days, and then he flips the script on day seven. The why is debatable, but one thing isn't. God introduces rest as part of a creation narrative. Rest isn't optional or recommended. Rest is essential for the natural order of God's creation. When you neglect rest, life gets chaotic. This is why a regular Sabbath is important. This is why sleep is important. Rest is part of God's design for order and peace. It's no coincidence that this culture is the most connected in the history of the world, but is also the most overwhelmed and stressed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so, you know, I work all day Saturday, all day Sunday. So on Mondays, I pretty much try and do nothing. Mm-hmm. I do the one I do one thing that's work, but it's fun and I enjoy it, so I consider it rest and that's going through music, adding new music to the station. Uh, but I try not to do anything else including chores unless things have just gotten out of hand over the weekend every now and then Deidre has a horribly busy weekend too and isn't able to do the chores on her days. Right. So I have to do that. But for the most part, Monday, I try to just rest as much as possible. Um, but it is difficult when you're really busy, when you're a really busy person to, I wouldn't say it's, it's impossible to find times of rest. I'd say it's nearly impossible to find a whole day for me at this point in my life. Yeah. Which I know I would benefit from. It's not about being lazy, you know, it's just about, you know, not focusing hard on on work overwhelming tasks and things that just wear you out mm-hmm. and focus a little bit. Again, more like the self-care thing we talked about a few points ago. Yeah. Take some time to rejuvenate yourself for yeah. the rest of the week. So this, the radio show, has caused me to rest more than I've ever rested in my entire life. And I think that it's... Be- I know, it's funny, right? But I think that it's because I'm not a morning person by nature. Mm. I am a night owl by nature. I would much rather do all of my work when everyone has gone to bed and I can then focus and think my thoughts out and get things done gotcha. properly. Okay? But because we... we <laughs> Because we record on Saturday mornings for the week, you know, I feel like we have to say that every week just so that people are aware. Um, we wake up very early, get here at 6.30 and get started on a Saturday. 6.30 on a Saturday. Um, that's earlier than when I wake up during the week to get my kids up for school. <laughs> um, and then we're here and we're talking for four hours. That yeah. it, That takes a lot. Sometimes five yeah. or more. Yeah. That it takes a lot out of you. You don't realize how much consistently talking. On typically heavy topics. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I will come home on Saturdays and Chris is like, what did you guys talk about? And I'm like, uh. Everything. I don't, I don't. I just don't even know. And then I'm done for the rest of the night. Now, fast or rewind to two years ago. I am very much a hoster, and I love having people over in my home and playing games and doing things. And so Saturday night was always our our night that, Uh. you know, people would come over. 
I can't do that anymore. So you're saying I've ruined your social life. You've ruined my social life, Matt. (laughs) For my own mental health, I have to. Saturday night is our night where we don't do anything. We just rest. We typically order something for dinner and we'll play games or we'll watch a movie or we will do something with very minimal brain usage. Because I just can't. You did have far too many get-togethers, though, I'll say. Just for a normal family. Just... Too many times at your house in one year. <laughs> Keep your judgmental comments to yourself. Everyone knew if they wanted to go somewhere and do something, Mo's home was open. Hey, speaking of, just so I don't forget, we got to set up a, a Friday. I know. To try out Church Nerds, our new Well, but see, card then here's game. the thing. What? Okay, here's the thing, Matt. We can't do Fridays either. And this is what's hard because I have to, I have to be in bed by 1030. We'll be done by 1030. To get a good night's sleep. We'll be sleep. done by 9. We'll go home and we're, it's it's us and the Berkeys. Berkeys don't like to be there late either. All right, because John has to get up at five. All right, so. I'm kicking y'all out of my house no later than nine forty-five. <laughs> Three-hour three event. Get up out my house, Six y'all. Six to nine, and then we're gone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last one. Last on this list of six things to do when you feel overwhelmed: be present in every situation. Set your schedule, get rid of unnecessary activities, then give your attention to the tasks at hand and the people in front of you. The constant connection to news feeds and emails means we are never truly present anywhere. And being present is a key to restoring your life. It is a key to relational intimacy. It's a key to productivity. It is a key to experiencing peace and joy. So when you're with other people, put the phone away. Engage in conversation. When you start a task, give all your attention to it. This might be awkward and difficult at first, but be persistent. Being present will become easier over time. Mm-hmm. I like this. Yeah. I like this a lot. Uh, yeah, I did that last night with the Bunko Night, which I didn't want to be at. I didn't want to go. And it started off very poorly, as I said, with the suddenly I was at the children's table. And Having had a, stroke. a major headache and possibly many strokes. <laughs> and, uh, but once we like started playing the game, which again I'd never played before, and so I was just dreading this whole night all out. Mm-hmm. Uh, once we started playing the game, I really had a great time, and I didn't touch my phone the entire time. Nice, which was like four hours. Didn't touch the phone uh, until we left. Had a bunch of messages waiting on me, which is another thing that drives me nuts all day. I'm in constant contact with a thousand people always, but uh, yeah, it was fun. Yeah. And it was beneficial because I got to be present in the game, have fun. And Bunko requires you to like switch teammates pretty much every round. And so you're talking and interacting with a bunch of different people, which is also something I don't normally like to do. Yeah. And I enjoyed it last yeah. night. So, yeah, it's uh, it's good. It's a good idea. So something that I've learned about myself, and I think you're the same way. We are the best and the worst kind of friend. Okay. We make it a very large point to be, like, when we're engaging in conversation with someone, to be present in that conversation, to Mm -hmm. listen to what the person's saying, to hear them, to respond correctly. Okay, you remember conversations with people. I remember conversations. Yeah. I can pull up a conversation from five years ago and be like, hey, I remember that you really like such and such. Something's coming up. I'm going to buy you those gummies that you like just to show you (laughs) that I'm thinking of you and that I remembered that conversation. Okay. Because of that, I have a very difficult time feeling appreciated 
or accepted mm. or loved or cared about if someone does not remember conversations that I have with them. If we had a conversation last night and then today I come up and I'm like, you know what? When we were talking last night and yada, 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 and that person's like, what? I don't. I don't even remember you saying that. Just and being I'm clear like, that they weren't paying attention. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. like, and noted. You don't <laughs> listen to anything that I say. I'm no longer wasting my time. We are no longer friends. <laughs> we never were friends, were we? I knew it. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I don't feel like I'm 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 as bad at that now, but I definitely was for most of my life. Yeah, thinking that. Um, Everybody was just tolerating me being around Mm -hmm. and like I was overcompensating for that by trying to be a really good, overly attentive friend. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think it wasn't really until I had a conversation with with Bubba, who he's he's one of the hosts for Church Nerds on Fridays. I had a conversation with him uh, in college where I had always seen him as like of our friend group. I'd always seen him as like the leader uh you know he was the one that kind of led where we were going and what we were doing you know he was the the big cool guy and he told me no that was you and i said what are you talking about like, <laughs> you always knew where we needed to go you were the leader you were the 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 guy that always kind of led the charge of whatever we were doing and had all the the cool ideas and all this kind of stuff and i'm like i hate myself <laughs> is what i just said right there and there why <laughs> if other people are seeing me that way why have i been hating myself for so long yeah oh gosh but i mean it's it's just it's it's not beneficial that we can be in our own heads and never be in anyone else's you know mm-hmm. if we could just see how someone else sees us one time right it would give us so much more information about how we act and how we react to things and that's the the tragedy of friendships. You mm-hmm. know, that's the tragedy of life is that we have to do this. We have to fight with our own selves to be who we are. Yeah. And I think you're absolutely right in that we overthink things to the point, you know, because, again, have that situation, the same situation you, you set up where you had a big conversation. The next day you bring it up and they don't remember what you talked about. Yeah. And your immediate reaction is betrayal. Mm-hmm. You know, they, and that would be mine too. You don't care about but me. I think in that time, and I guess uh, I really think Celebrate Recovery has really reformated how I think on a lot of things. And this might be one of them. In that I start to think a little bit more empathetically. You know, yeah. And think, well, maybe something's going on with them that they couldn't focus you know, maybe they have something on their mind that they're not wanting to share mm-hmm. kind of thing. You know, and again, I'm not trying to guilt you and say you're a Whatever. horrible person. I'm just saying that these are things that I've slowly realized right. over time. And I could be wrong. I could have just been a jerk. And <laughs> they're thinking, gosh, I'd really like to get back to playing uh, Bejeweled on my phone or whatever. Uh, instead of listening to this person ramble on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I still am in my in my heart dealing with that all the time yeah even with daedra even with my wife every now and then she'll say something or forget something or look at me a weird way when i say something to the kids uh and i'm like well what's her problem (laughs) (laughs) what crawled up her butt here comes another fight yeah and then then we never have a fight over it and i don't ever think about it 
But, you know, I just, you, uh, the immediate reaction yeah. is, what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, that's a bad, that's a bad trait for us to have. <laughs> but I'm sure it's not as rare as we want it, as we might Whatever. think. <laughs> just put myself out there and you and just. I slapped you down. <laughs> I think we have oh, something goodness. to move on to. You're much better than you used to be as well. Don't kid yourself. Oh gosh. <laughs> See, but then you say things like that and I'm like, "Oh, thanks. Wait a minute." No, I'm not. I know who I am. No. I'm not better. No. Wait a minute. How bad was I before then? <laughs> I haven't had to roll my eyes at you for your reaction in a long time. So hey, this... you don't see me nearly as often either. That could be why. I don't know. <laughs> Distance has been good for our friendship. <laughs> uh, no, I'm talking about percentage-wise. When we're together. <laughs> when we have been together. I don't almost never have to roll my eyes at your reaction to something anymore. You've just gotten used to me. That's all. <laughs> It's just Mo. She'll be out of it in five minutes. Don't worry about it. <laughs> she just has to freak out for a bit. She'll be okay. That's Mo. That's Matt's next book. How to deal with Mo. <laughs> Six tips to do when you're overwhelmed by your friendship with Mo. Oh, man. Okay, so this was Six Things to Do When You Feel Overwhelmed from RelevantMagazine.com by Frank Powell. Came out just a few days ago. You can go check out. We didn't read the entire article, including a bunch of his setup uh, to why he wrote it, so you can go check that out for yourself. Uh, we are running long, so let's just go ahead and end this hour here. Coming up next, we share something that we love. We'll be back in just a few with more of the Morning Side Hug right here on Back Row Radio. Welcome back to the Morning Side Hug as our show is coming to a close for today. But first, I want to share with you something I love. Uh, just recently started re-watching Smallville. You and my husband. Man, I've forgotten how much I loved it. Like, I knew I loved it. I didn't remember how much. It's been, I want to say it's been seven or eight years since I watched through the series. And, oh man, it's just, it's, it's so fun. I've, I always think about those first few seasons as just CW teenage yeah. drama garbage. Right. And there is some of that in there. But I'm forgetting like all the really cool science fiction elements in there right from the beginning that I loved about the Superman story. So, yeah, I'm enjoying every episode. And so, yeah. If you haven't seen Smallville, which is the retelling of the Superman story from when he was a teenager... Before he put on the cape. So it's like those 10 years of as he's discovering new abilities and things leading up to him being a superhero. Uh, it's really neat. Really neat retelling of the story. It's canon in my head. I mean, that's how it. That's how this story must have been in my head. And then, of course, the reason I got back into it was because of Crisis on Infinite Earths. A big Arrowverse crossover with all the, the Flash, Arrow... Supergirl, Black Lightning, all the CW shows that are on now. Mm -hmm. They did a Crisis on Infinite Earths things, which was a comic storyline from the 80s 
because they had a bunch of different continuities based on who was writing the comic book. And they're like, we want to conglomerate these all into one collapsing event to where we just have one Earth, one continuity, one set storyline with Superman and all the other superheroes. And so this was their big event to do that. They took all these different timelines, they called it our Earths, and the event meshed them into one new Earth. And so how they did this with the TV show was brilliant. They brought in clips and old actors and characters from different TV shows and movies in the DC universes throughout history. So they had a reporter, uh, a key uh, actor in the first Batman movie with, uh, what's his name? I am no guy help you wouldn't here. think. Guy you wouldn't think as Batman. I don't remember his name now. Goodness gracious. Anyway. All I can think is Chris. The first Batman movie. Chris O'Donnell. Thank you. Robin from the That's later all I movies. can think. Anyway, had that guy had uh, characters from the short-lived Birds of Prey show and all these other little shows making cameos here and there. They had the original Flash come back and do a big thing. He's already been in the Flash show before. But they did a whole scene in Smallville with Clark Kent and Lois Lane now. Where the Lex Luthor from the Supergirl show shows up and attempts to kill. He's he's basically jumping to all these Earths trying to kill Superman in every Earth. And he shows up in Smallville with Tom Welling, Superman, right there. And so that got me into it again. And so, yeah. Smallville. Check it out if you haven't seen it. It's still worth the watch. It's, a, it's a commitment. What? Ben Affleck? Michael Keaton? George Michael Clooney? Keaton was the one. Michael Keaton. <laughs> He's the one. Ben Affleck was the most recent. Now it's going to be Robert Pattinson. Is that how you say his name? Robert yeah. Pattinson, yeah. yeah. From Twilight. They just released a uh, a teaser of that. Listen, there no one, no one will ever compare to Christian Bale as Batman. You think just so? Say, yes. I, I liked him as Batman. I didn't like him as Bruce Wayne. And I feel like that's an essential part. And I think that's why Michael Keaton did surprisingly well in the role because he was a great Bruce Wayne. Yeah. You don't think of him as a Batman, but you think of him as a Bruce Wayne. He's great in that role. George Clooney did okay in that role. Val Kilmer was weird, uh, but George Clooney just suffered from a terrible movie. The movie itself was awful. Batman and Robin. Yeah. It was my first Batman movie too, so I loved it because it was my first one. But having watched all the other ones previously and then in comparison to the dark knight trilogy yeah no terrible movie <laughs> but uh but what was it, what was really cool about that crisis thing too just one more thing the crisis on the nurse they brought back the christopher reeve superman do you remember superman returns came out in 2005 i think with uh, brandon ralph playing the same character the same version of superman from the christopher reeve movies and they brought him back. He's, he's already a character in one of the CW shows, like his actor. He's already an actor in one of the shows as Adam uh, in Legends of Tomorrow. And they had him reprise his role as Superman, as the Christopher Reeve Superman, uh, in this cool five-part series. It, just, it was so much nostalgia mixed in with a brand new creative element. and They just did it great. It was perfect. It was wonderful. I'm sorry. 
Well, that is why it's I'm expanding. That you love it. <laughs> I'm expanding far too much. <laughs> I could talk about this for an entire show's worth of stuff. So shall we close? Let's close. <laughs> Our Bible verse for the day. Psalm eighteen thirty one. For who is God but the Lord? And who is a rock except for God? Except for our God. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Jesus. I miss up the Bible. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. There's a Back Row Morning Show every weekday at 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific with an encore at 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific. Mo and I bring you the morning side hug most of the week. And Bubba and Anna bring you church nerds every Friday. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Back Row Radio and join our laughter-inducing Facebook community, Back Row Baptist Church, by going to backrowbaptist.com. If you love what we do here at Back Row Radio, please consider partnering with us at backrowradio.com slash partner. There are several tiers with different rewards and incentives, but even just committing to donate $1 a month will get you into our private Facebook group, The Scoop, and get you our private podcast feed where you'll get every full episode of The Morning Side Hug, including our Throwback Thursday episode. And of course, we also offer a free version of our podcast with a collection of clips from our weekly shows that comes out every Wednesday. You can find our free Morning Side Hug podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. That's it for the show. We'll be back tomorrow. We hope you will, too. Once again, I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. Remember that Jesus loves you. Mr. Peanut should have stayed dead. And if you see us around, we'd love a side hug. Bye.